You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, recording from the home of Mickey Mouse. That's right, the beautiful metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 217. I'm going to be continuing in a mini-series that I started a few weeks ago. Uh, I have been off for the last, oh, three weeks or so. For those of you who are regular listeners know, I apologize. Just been super busy in life, so haven't been able to get to uh, recording and editing episodes, but Back on the horse and back in this mini-series, uh, for those of you who have been traveling with me from episodes 212 to 216, uh, I was in the middle of any mini-series a, a, tackling a variety of topics related to homosexuality. Um, I've, I've, I've had a variety of, of correspondences and conversations with different people by email, mostly uh, with different listeners uh, about a, a variety of topics related to sexuality as a whole, not just homosexuality. But sexuality as a whole, and and so, and then specifically questions and topics related to homosexuality have come up in some of those conversations. So this mini series is geared toward addressing those. Uh, for those of you who who have listened to episodes two twelve to two sixteen, you know that in those episodes I, I really have sought to be. Uh, how do I say, uh, diplomatic and gracious, I try to be kind. And I really do want, I want to be a compassionate person. I'm not naturally compassionate, if I'm honest. It's not something that comes natural to me. The Lord has been so gracious to help me get significantly better in this area of my life. So uh, I'm thankful for that. I also want to be a safe place for anyone dealing with same gender attraction, anyone living in a gay lifestyle, anyone wrestling through their own sexuality in any way whatsoever, their identity, things related to that. I want to be a safe place. So if you're wrestling through any of those things and, and kind of ha- having questions, would love to to connect with you. Please feel free to reach out to me. would love to be a, a safe place for you to connect. You can uh, shoot me an email or tweet at me. I'll have both my, my email and my Twitter info at the end of this episode. Um, but again, I, I really have sought to be diplomatic and, and gracious as, as best as possible in the previous episodes when I've been dealing with homosexuality in general. Um, the reason why I start off by saying that is because in this episode, I'm going to be a little more direct and I will probably come, aclo- come across a little less diplomatic. Um, and the reason is because I'm going to kind of dialogue about something that I think is important and sort of needs a, a what we might call a more combative approach to some extent. Um, I'm observing some things and some ideologies in our society that I think are absurd and I think the overall they are detrimental to our society. And so with that in mind, it, when, when, you, when you have things going on in society that are absurd or hypocritical, they demand a response that maybe is a little more direct or maybe is a little more harsh. Again, we, we still want to be Christ-honoring and loving and gentle with people as much as possible while still being direct when it comes to standing for biblical convictions or exposing hypocrisy. Um, so again, sometimes it may come across a little more harsh. And we see that with Jesus, right? When we look through the Gospels, we see Jesus being incredibly gentle almost all of the time, except when he is exposing hypocrisy, whether that's religious leaders or just regular people, we see him being much more harsh with hypocrisy than any other area. So I think I think that's sort of a, a pattern that is appropriate. Again, it's loving, Christ-honoring, uh, uh, kind, 
gentle as best as possible while still not backing down from exposing hypocrisy. Uh, so by the time I'm done this episode, you, you would have heard me maybe be a little more direct than I have been in some other episodes. And if you'd like to talk to me about that, I'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, again, my, my email and Twitter will be available at the end of the episode. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, uh, last preamble element before I dive in, uh, if you are not an American and I've got some friends listening to this and regular listeners in Canada, Australia and elsewhere, um, much of this will still be applicable to you, but some of it may seem like it's not because I'm going to be kind of invoking specific things related to Americans. And so I apologize to my Canadian, Australian or, or European or anyone out there listening to this that maybe uh, is not inside of, inside of the United States. Um, the topic at hand that I, that I am excited to discuss is the idea of Christian business owners um, being forced to serve gay people or serve in some way that violates their own religious or ideological convictions. This is not a totally new concept, um, but there have been a, there have been some recent cases. There was a a, a baker, a cake maker, uh, you know, that's a Christian in Oregon uh, that was that that you know basically is being sued because they didn't uh, bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. There's another similar one uh, in Colorado, a, a Christian baker, cake maker. Uh, there's a wedding chapel in Iowa that basically has gone out of business because they refused to allow a same-sex uh, couple to, to do their wedding there. Uh, in Washington State, there was a florist who had been serving, uh, servicing, you know, doing business with a gay couple for many years, um, and then they were going to get married, and, the, and that same florist refused to do flowers for the for the wedding. Um, and, and now several of those businesses have lost their, they've lost their businesses. And there are other stories like that of these Christian business owners basically losing everything because they refused to, uh, to, to, to serve and do business in a way that they felt like would, would violate their biblical convictions. Uh, there was a case in Kentucky of a, of a t-shirt printing company that was owned by a Christian that refused to print t-shirts for a gay pride event, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky. And, um, and then he, you know, the local the local government basically said you're you're in violation, you're, you're you know you're discriminating, discriminating. And then the higher court recently just said, you know, no, he can do that. So there, again, there, there's a variety of disagreements going on. So you've got Christian business owners that are getting sued, and because of the lawsuits, they're going bankrupt. Or you've got Christian business owners being attacked, and for lack of better terms, being persecuted by local government agencies or regulatory bodies, and they're they're even issuing fines in some cases. And because of these large fines, we have Christian business owners that are going bankrupt. They're losing everything because they stood for their own biblical conviction. Should these business owners be forced to serve a customer in such a fashion that the business owner feels like he is violating his own biblical or ideological conviction? What should the business business owner do in these cases? Um, so what do I think? In general, uh, when it comes to fiscal policy or government infrastructure, you know, how should the government be functioning? I tend to have a very libertarian perspective or what some would call a, a, a very paleoconservative perspective. Uh, basically, I believe the government should should stay out of private businesses business as much as possible. Um, and, and that really is rooted in my belief and my confidence in the thing we call natural rights. No doubt many of you listening to this, you're familiar with John Locke, the idea of natural rights. Um, I don't believe that government gives rights. The government doesn't guarantee rights. It is God 
who gives humans rights. It is God who determines what what rights humans should have and what rights humans should not have. That rights are given to us and endowed by our Creator, as as our founding fathers here in the United States clearly stated in the Declaration of Independence. Um, it is government's job to recognize and acknowledge and protect those rights. Right? It, it is not government's job to determine what rights humans have. It is government's responsibility to determine or to recognize the rights that God has already bestowed, and it is government's responsibility to create an infrastructure that protects those rights. I think that's really important. And the number one way to protect people and to ensure the rights that, that God has given them is to restrict government. There are other things government can do, but the number one priority of government is to restrict itself, to restrict government. When I read through the Declaration of Independence, when I read through the Constitution of the United States, especially when I read through the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments of the Constitution of the United States, it is very, very clear the attitude and spirit of all of those documents is the restriction of government intrusion. I mean, the First Amendment is very clear. We have it's very clear. It doesn't say that humans have the right to speak. Humans have the right to religion. Humans have the right to assemble. It doesn't say. It says. It says that government shall pass no laws that that stand in the way of free speech, of freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly. Like the ideology of the First Amendment is humans already have these rights. It's government's job to not pass any laws that would become an obstacle to these rights or would hinder these rights. I believe that individual liberty is best for society. Uh, I think history proves that that tyranny is always birthed when individual liberty is restricted. So I think government should not be involved in these sorts of affairs. The government should not be focused on telling business owners who they should or shouldn't do business with. But instead, government ought to be focused on restricting itself to ensure the liberty and the freedoms of its people, of the citizens. And that includes business owners. The government ought to be focused significantly on protecting the liberty and freedom of people who own businesses and, and people who don't want to engage in business that may, uh, that may impede upon or may violate their own ideological convictions. Individual liberty is best for society. It doesn't mean we let people do whatever they want, but it just means in general, we ought to be seeking to give people as much liberty as possible, as much freedom as possible. And the government should not step into a scenario or a situation unless the government absolutely has to. I do not believe the government should be forcing business owners to do business with anyone for any reason. I don't believe the business owners ought to be uh, forced to do business with someone if they don't want to do business with that person. Business owners should be allowed to do business with whoever they want to do business with for whatever reason they want to do business with, even if I disagree with that person. like Business owners should be allowed to say no to whoever they want for pretty much any reason they want. Like business owners should be allowed. Now there are some exceptions, no doubt, but in general, business owners should be given the freedom to choose who they want to do business with and who they don't want to do business with. Let me give you an example of a recent scenario that's on the opposite side or a little bit opposite of this um, that I thought I thought exposed some of the incredible hypocrisy that is existent in our society. Uh, several months ago, Donald Trump was inaugurated as president of the United States. His wife, uh, Melania Trump, 
um, what had a, a man who had made dresses for her for many years, and she wanted to have a new custom dress made for the inauguration. It makes sense. Her husband's going to become president of the United States. She wants to get a new dress. Um, well, this man who had made had made dresses for her for many years basically said, I'm no longer going to do business for, with you. I'm no longer going to make your dress because your husband stands for things I'm against. I'm against him, and so I refuse to do business with you. I'm not going to make you a new dress. And there was this whole segment of our society that applauded this man. They cheered, and it was mostly the secular progressives and liberal activists in our country. Huge segments of our society are saying, good for you, say no. And And I thought, you know what? That business owner, that dressmaker, he has the right to say no. Like He has that right. Whether I agree with him or not is irrelevant. Whether you agree with him or not is irrelevant. He has the right to say to, to the Trump family, because of your stance, I refuse to do business with you. If I make you a dress, I feel like it would be violating my own ideological convictions. You know what? That man is perfectly within his right. I believe the government should not be forcing that man to make a dress for Melania Trump if he feels like it's going to violate his his ideological conviction of any kind. Here's the frustrating element about this. There is some incredible hypocrisy going on because many of the same types of people that applauded this dressmaker for refusing to do business with the Trumps, the Trump family, are the same types of people that are angry at these Christian business owners for not making cakes or doing flowers for the gay weddings. It, it's the same mainstream media outlets. It's the same uh, movements. It's the same liberal, secular, progressive ideology. It's the same types of people, and in some cases, the exact same groups of people that are saying the dressmaker is right, but the Christian florist is wrong. Do, do we not see the incredible hypocrisy on display there? Now, some people would say, well, what about the Civil Rights Act of 1964? And isn't this a form of discrimination? If you're not familiar, in 1964, there was a law passed, a good law, in my opinion, saying that any provider of essential services cannot discriminate based on color, race, religion, gender. And in recent times, this has been expanded to include uh, same-sex orientation or, or, or sexual identity overall. Um, basically, essential services. So if you hospital, grocery store, even hotels are considered essential, you know, someone's traveling, they, they have to have a place to stay or something like that. If you, if you are a business owner providing an essential service, you can't discriminate based on color, race, religion, gender, or now sexual orientation. Um, there are some other elements that are included in the Discrimination Act of 1964 and the Civil Rights Act. Um, uh, core elements of our culture or society. So things like movie theaters or restaurants are, are also considered core elements of our culture and life and our society. And therefore, if you're if you're a restaurant owner or a theater, you can't say no to someone based on their color, race, religion, gender, or now based on their so their sexual orientation. Um, so people say, well, isn't the Christian business owner being being discriminatory? Is doesn't this is against the law? Well. I'm not sure that flowers for your wedding or a cake for your wedding or a t-shirt for your gay pride parade is an essential service. Like if like no one's going to die if if you don't get flowers from that florist. Like that, that that's that's absurd in, in my opinion. Um in in addition to that, it's important to note that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 covers um covers identity 
or person elements of person, it doesn't include choices. So let me give you an example. A hotel cannot say no to a woman because she's a woman. That's wrong. However, if a man and a woman walk into a hotel and they're not married and the hotel owner figures out you know, maybe they say, hey, we're here, you know, maybe they make a joke about having an affair. If the hotel owner figures out that that man and woman are not married, or maybe that they're having an affair and they're in that hotel to have an affair, the hotel manager, according to the law of the United States, is allowed to say, no, I'm not going to rent you a room for tonight because you're having an affair and that, that, that violates my conviction. I don't think you should be having an affair, so I'm not going to rent you a room. That is actually legal in the United States, you cannot say to someone, I'm not going to rent you a room because you're a woman. You cannot say, I'm not going to rent you a room because you're black. And, and even if you don't say it, you can't do it. You can't refuse uh, if as a hotel owner to rent someone a room based on that. But you are allowed to discriminate, for lack of better terms. You, you are allowed to say no to someone if they are doing something that you believe violates your religious or ideological conviction in any way whatsoever. That is legal. That is not against the law. So, for example, the Christian florist in Washington State is not allowed to say to someone, I'm going to refuse to do flowers for you because you're gay. That's actually against the law in accordance with the way the, the 1964 law has been reinterpreted recently. It is now illegal in the United States to say that, to do that. But you could say, hey, I'm going to refuse to do flowers for you because, because you're choosing to marry someone of the same gender. That, 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 there is a difference there. Let me give you another example. Let's pretend that there is a florist in Seattle, Washington, who is ideologically opposed to weddings in general. What if there's a florist that just says, I hate the idea of marriage. I don't think humans should ever get married at all. Well, let's say someone comes in and says, well, can you make, make can you get me flowers for my, for my birthday? She would, she might say, yes. Can you get me flowers for something we're celebrating at work? The florist might say yes. And then the customer may come in later and say, hey, I'm getting married. Will you, you know, will you do flowers? And she may say, the florist may say, well, I'm ideologically opposed to marriage as a whole. I think it's a, an institution we should get rid of in our society altogether. So I refuse to do flowers for any wedding regardless. Well, that, that would be her right or his or her right. Like the florist in that case could say, I am ideologically opposed to marriage, so therefore I refuse to do business with anyone getting married. That would be perfectly legal because it's not based on identity, it's based on choice. And so this, the same is for the florist who says, I'm not going to do same-sex weddings. It's not discrimination because you're gay, it's a refusal to participate in your choice to marry someone of the same gender. Like, as a man, if I choose to marry another man, I've made a choice. Like, whether I'm attracted to men or not is, is, is not a part of the conversation when it comes to the floors or the baker. My sexual orientation or my sexual preferences it, it are irrelevant in the conversation. The point is I'm choosing to do something that the business owner doesn't want to be a part of. That's where the line is drawn. 
the higher court that uh, that that overturned the ruling for the T-shirt printer uh, business owner in Kentucky. He was originally told that he was discriminating, and what he had some fines issued, you know, by the local government. And then the higher court basically overturned it, saying, "Hey, he's allowed to say no to producing T-shirts for the gay pride parade." It was it wasn't discrimination because the people were gay, because if the same gay people wanted to print T-shirts uh, for you know for something else unrelated to their sexuality, then he would have said yes. But it was the fact that they wanted him to print t-shirts for their gay pride parade. And he said, no, I'd rather not be a part of that particular event. There is a difference between discriminating based on identity or sexuality or gender and discriminating based on choices. One is considered legal, one is considered not legal. Um, let me give you another example on a personal note. I, I done web development, I do video editing, graphic design, things like that for a variety of different clients. And I will often sub work out. So I've, you know, if I've got work that I can't handle or doing too much, I may call other web developers and graphic designers to uh, to do some work and get some things done uh, to help me, you know, with a particular project. And more than one of the guys that I work I've worked with in the past are actually gay. Um, and so I call upon some of those guys and say, hey, uh, hey guys, will you do this work for me? Now, the, the work typically has nothing to do with religion, sexuality, politics, nothing. It's just typically, you know, some local business that wants a new website or wants a business card or something like that. Um, but the, 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 the guys that I'm working with have the right to say no. In fact, it has happened one time where I was working with a church developing a, a web development project and and I was I called upon one of my friends who happens to be gay, who's a web developer, say, Hey, will you help me with this project? And he said, No, um, I'd rather not do any any church websites anymore. I, you know, because of my lifestyle, uh, you know, Christians keep telling me that what I'm doing is sinful, so I don't really wanna I don't really wanna help churches anyway. Um, you know what? I didn't have a problem with that. Say, so, you know what, bro? Totally understand. Um, I get it. You don't, you're not obligated to do this. Now, some people may say, well, maybe he broke the law. I don't know. Maybe he did. I don't think he did. I think he has every right to say, hey, listen, here's my lifestyle. Here's my ideological conviction. Here's what I stand for. And if I engage with business with you on this project, it will violate my own ideological conviction. It will violate what I stand for, what I believe is right. I would be helping a an organization to, to continue or to expand their influence. And I don't want their influence necessarily to expand. So I would prefer not to work with them based on that. You know what? I had no problem with it. And I don't think it's against the law because a website is not an essential service, right? It's No one's going to die if he doesn't build their website. It doesn't go, like the world doesn't fall apart. In my opinion, that's not an essential service. And so therefore, the 1964 discriminatory or anti-discriminatory laws do not apply in that particular scenario, in my opinion. The Supreme Court of the United States may disagree with me. That is, at current time, my understanding of the law. It is for essential services, and it is based on who you are, not based on your choice, all right? And, and so the same applies to the Christian baker. Listen, the Christian cake the, the Christian who's a cake maker or cake baker, if they say, listen, because you are gay, I'm going to refuse to bake you a cake, maybe maybe that's against the law. I, I might, again, I'm not even sure it's against the law, but let's say even it is against the law. Well, in, in their case, they would still bake a cake for that person's birthday. They, they could still birth, bake a cake for that person's, you know, for their kid's birthday or for, you know, uh, 
you know that they you know they've been at work they've been working at the same company for 25 years and and to celebrate they want to bake a cake whatever like that that would be appropriate um and it would also be appropriate if that same cake baker said hey i love you i appreciate working with you but because because i'm against same-sex marriage i'm not going to bake a cake for your wedding like because it's based on the choice not on the identity the person should have the right to say no just like the dressmaker said no to melania trump he should be allowed to say no just like a hotel owner could say no to a man and a woman who are having an affair they could say no again it's based on choice it's it's, it's the idea that that you're choosing to do something that i otherwise would not want to be a part of and in the same way, the Christian t-shirt maker, the Christian baker, the Christian florist, the, the, the Christian wedding chapel, all of these Christian business owners should be allowed to say, no, I do not want to do business with you. I do, want to, I do not want to engage in this, speci- this particular enterprise or this particular project because it, I feel like it violates uh, my own religious conviction or or my own ideological conviction or my own political conviction or whatever. Uh, cr- business owners of any kind, religious or not, should not be forced by the government to do business with someone they don't want to do business with. The government should be in the business of restricting itself and only stepping in if it's absolutely essential. And in these cases, it's not essential. Baking a cake for your wedding is not essential. It's not. No one's going to die. Society's not going to come to an end if this particular company doesn't give you flowers. An essential service is like a hospital, right? If you're in an emergency situation and you you go to a hospital, if that hospital turns you away, you could die. People could die. Therefore, the hospital should not be allowed to turn anyone away for any reason whatsoever. That is not the case with a t-shirt printing. Determining who prints the t-shirts for your particular event is not an essential service and the government has no business being a part of that in general overall the government ought not be involved in forcing any particular business to do business with any particular consumer the 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 government should not be forcing business owners to serve anyone for any reason whatsoever but especially if the business owner Uh, would be violating his or her own ideological convictions if they participated in that particular business. In general, the government has no business being in that business. And business owners should not be forced to serve any clients or to participate in any sort of business affairs if that participation violates his or her own morality, his or her own code of ethics, or his or her own ideological convictions. Friends, it's absurd, and in the long term, it will be detrimental for our society. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you disagree with me or you hate everything I just said, would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. And again, as I said at the beginning of this episode, if you're someone that's wrestling through your own sexuality, your own identity, uh, I'd love to be someone in your life that you could correspond with. I hope I'm a safe place for you. Uh, I, I do seek to be compassionate and diplomatic and would love to dialogue with you as as best as possible would love to hear from you shoot me an email to that same address if you happen to have a question or a topic that you would like me to address whether it's related to homosexuality or sexuality as a whole or if it's a completely different topic and it's something maybe you want me to address in a future episode of the podcast you as well can shoot me an email i'd love to hear from you 
Also, you can connect with me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I love the tweet. Make sure you follow me there. Connect with me on Twitter. Hey, to ensure that you never miss a single episode of the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the show, whether it's an iTunes or any other podcast player out there. That'll guarantee that every episode gets delivered directly to your device as soon as they go live. Hey, if you're loving the podcast or if it's been a blessing to you in any way whatsoever, do me a huge favor. Can you head on over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating? Tell the world you love the podcast. Those reviews are a big, big help to the show. The more reviews we have, the more five-star ratings we have, the further up the search rankings we will be. When people are searching for certain terms, more people are more and more likely to find the show. Again, head on over, leave a review. Those are a big help to us. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz. This has been Theology for the Rest of Us.